Good morning, everybody. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Philippians chapter 2, which we'll look at a bit later. Who can tell me what BFG stands for? BFG. Anyone know? The Big Friendly Giant. That's right. But this morning, BFG will stand for something else. I'll tell you what that is a little bit later uh, in the sermon. Around 500 years before Jesus was born, two and a half thousand years ago, the kings of Persia ruled a mighty, vast empire. And the king, as you would expect, lived in a lavish palace. And within the palace grounds, there was a garden. A beautiful, enclosed, walled garden, which only the king was allowed to enter. Unless, that is, you were the king's friend. Then you just might just might be honoured with an invitation from the king to walk with him in his garden, to talk to him one-to-one. The Persians called such a garden paradise. Of course, no one walked in the garden at noon. It was far too hot. Much better to walk with the king in the cool of the day in paradise. What book of the Bible do you think I'm going to quote a verse from now? Genesis. It's amazing, isn't it? And in Genesis 3, verse 8, we read about the Lord God, the King of all, walking in the cool of the garden. And the Garden of Eden became to be known as paradise, using that Persian word, the King's Garden. And God walked and talked with his friends, Adam and Eve, in paradise. For God was man's friend. And by being the friend of Adam and Eve, God was saying, I want to be the friend of everyone, all humanity. I want everyone to walk with me and talk with me. God is the BFG, the big friendly God. The king of all creation is the biggest and best friend that anyone can have. And he can be your friend. And he invites everyone to walk with him, to talk with him, every day, all day. So what a wicked tragedy it is that at times the church, Christianity, has presented God as the big frightening God. In an attempt to use fear to coerce people, to control people, to abuse people. It's a wicked lie. God is the big, friendly God. He wants to be a friend to all and walk with all. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And if you want to see what God is really like, then look at Jesus. He is the Word made flesh. Jesus reveals God to us. And Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. 
Isn't that great? And the more you know you're a sinner, the greater that becomes. Yeah? Jesus is the friend of sinners. Though that was a title given to him by his enemies. They meant it as an insult when they said the friend of sinners. They thought it was atrocious that someone claiming to be a holy man should mix with such terrible people. So they used it as an insult. But I imagine that Jesus was actually delighted and rejoiced to be known as the friend of sinners. For he came to seek and save the lost sinners. He came to die and by his death and resurrection to reconcile sinners to God. Reconcile those of us who because of our sin we're so far away from God. He came to reconcile, to restore the friendship once again. So no longer separated, we forgiven can walk afresh with our God. Talk afresh with our God. Be at his side with our God every day. Jesus reveals God as the BFG, the big friendly God, who longs for everyone to walk by his side. And that is a place of honour and privilege, security. What safer place than to be with the king in his garden, in the palace, with all the soldiers around. And of course, a place of great joy to walk with the king as his friend. Now, the word friend comes from an old English word, free ond. Thank you, Google. And the word free ond means to love. Friend means to love. But to be a friend to someone, to love them, to care for them, is always a risk, isn't it? What if our friends spurn our love? turn their backs upon us, reject our friendship. God knew such pain in paradise. When Adam and Eve rejected his friendship, turned their backs on him, hid from him in paradise, and paradise was lost. Jesus was a friend to the disciples, wasn't he? Jesus invited Judas, his friend, to walk with him, to talk with him, to be at his side, to share in the adventure, to know his, uh, his protection and his joy. But Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss for money. And as Judas approached Jesus in Gethsemane to betray him, do you know how Jesus addressed his betrayer? Listen to this. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. The friend of sinners. The friend of those who will not be his friend. He is their friend. For no greater love has any man than he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is the friend of sinners. So what a friend we have 
in Jesus. Romans 5 verse 8, we read this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more shall we be saved by his life? The Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. We have been brought near to the very side of the King. Jesus reveals God as our friend, so that we can walk with God today and every day, and one day walk with God in paradise again. That's heaven. So, my friends... Do you see how that to be friendly is to be godly? Do you see how that when we're being a friend to someone, we are being godlike? Friendship is one of God's divine qualities. And we are called to be like God in every way. And that means being friendly people. It means being friends of people. All of which brings us to Philippians. Over recent weeks, Paul's letter to the Philippians has shown us how, as Christians, we have lots of lovely new things. We've looked at how we have a new heart, a new purpose in life, a new attitude. We have new responsibilities. And today we read that we also find that we have new friendships. Let's read about three friends, Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 to 30. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. Three friends. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you, and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honour people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me.
Jesus was a friend of sinners. That means he's a friend to everyone, doesn't he? <laughs> but he also had his own personal friends, Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. He seemed to be especially close to them. Jesus called his disciples friends. And he was especially close to James and John and Peter. And the Apostle Paul, who writes that letter, he may have been special, and he was in many ways, particularly gifted, and he travelled thousands of miles preaching the gospel and establishing churches. But he didn't and couldn't have done it alone. He had friends, such as Timothy and Epaphroditus. We all need friends. But understand this, to be a Christian is a call to be a friend. We all need friends. But to be a Christian is to be like Jesus, to be a friend. And I'm not here to give a self-help talk about friendship, but as it happens, the best way to get friends is to be a friend. But the calling of a Christian is to be a friend, as Jesus is a friend to us. Now, I found a definition of friendship, uh, which I'd like to read to you, kind of contemporary definition. A friend is someone you love and who loves you. Someone you respect and respects you. Someone whom you trust and trusts you. A friend is honest, and you want to be honest too. A friend is loyal. A friend is someone who's happy to spend time with you doing absolutely nothing at all. Someone who doesn't mind driving you on stupid errands. Who will get up at midnight just because you want to go on an adventure. A friend is someone who doesn't have to talk to communicate with you. A friend is someone who, doesn't, who does not only care if you're ugly or boring, but doesn't even think about it. Someone who forgives you no matter what you do. Someone who tries to help you, even when they don't know how to. A friend is someone who tells you if you're being stupid, but who doesn't make you feel stupid. A friend is someone you look forward to seeing and who looks forward to seeing you. A friend is a partner, not a leader or a follower. A friend is someone who would sacrifice their life and happiness for you. No greater love has any man than he lay down his life for his friends. All true friendship is godly, for God is our big, friendly God. But Christian friendship is unique and special. Friendship between Christians is the result of being friends with Jesus. We care about Jesus, we care about the friends of Jesus. When we love Jesus, we love his friends as well. A kind of family type love. In verse 25, Paul refers to Epaphroditus as my brother. Friendly 
family love brotherly, sisterly love. And we sometimes call this type of love, this type of friendship between Christians by the special word fellowship, which speaks of our shared life in the Lord. Paul, Timothy and Epaphroditus all loved the Lord and they all loved each other. They were good friends together and cared about each other. And this passage shows us how the friends of Jesus would always encourage one another in the Lord. Listen to what Paul says about his friend Timothy in verse 20. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy had proved himself because as a son with his father, he served with me in the work of the gospel. Wow. How do you think Timothy felt when he read those words of Paul? Ten foot taller, do you think? What an encouragement. And who doesn't need encouragement? Jesus said to his disciples, I have called you my friends. What an encouragement that is, just to call someone your friend. And in John 22, verse 28, he said to them, you are those who stood by me. Well, we know sometimes they didn't, but Jesus was a friend and he still saw their friendship. And he said, you are those who stood by me. They may have gone away, but they came back again. Life can be so discouraging sometimes. So, my friends, who will you be godlike to this week and be their friend? Who will you make feel 10 foot taller this week? The friends of Jesus encourage one another in the Lord. And the friends of Jesus share in the interests of the Lord. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But not the friends of Jesus, for we share the interests of our friend Jesus. The friends of Jesus are fellow workers with Jesus. Verse 25, Paul calls Epaphroditus a fellow worker, a co-worker. And he explains that that means especially in the work of the gospel. Together as friends, we proclaim the gospel and we declare the gospel in our lives. And it's a lovely thing to work with friends. I don't know if you've ever had that opportunity at work to be friends as well. It's a wonderful thing. And when we serve Christ together, our friendships grow stronger and deeper and more joyful. Fellowship in the gospel is a wonderful, precious and joyful thing for friends to share together. The friends of Jesus encourage each other in the Lord, share the interests of the Lord, work together in the Lord. And finally, the friends of Jesus serve as soldiers for the Lord. We read in verse 25, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier. Sometimes we win battles for the Lord. 
Maybe in our own lives, some sort of victory. Some saying no to sin and yes to righteousness. Or maybe we pray about something and there's a great victory for the Lord. And when you're a team, when you're friends, when you're fellow soldiers and there's a battle that's won, then you rejoice together. But other times the battles are very hard and we might lose. We might suffer in the fight. We might be wounded and hurt. But we remember that we do not fight alone. We have our fellowship, our friends in Christ, our fellow soldiers beside us. They celebrated with us in victory. But they're there to lend a hand when we fall down. And we all do. And to help us back onto our feet. They're there to speak words to us, not of judgment and condemnation. Friends don't do that. But words of hope and encouragement, forgiveness and love. The word friend means to love. Jesus said, do not be afraid, I am with you. Well, of course he is, in the cool of the day and in the heat of the battle. He is our friend. And he gives us one another for fellowship, to be friends in Christ together, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our fellow workers in Christ, and our fellow soldiers in Christ. Now, may the BFG, what does that stand for? Help us to grow, help us to continue to grow as the BFC. Amen.